Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For all the latest betting markets, odds, and promotions, visit williamhill.com. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. William Hill, it's who you play with. Hello and welcome to Middle Please Umpire. My name is Miles Jupp and this here is Mark Wood. Hello, hello Miles again, how are you? Yeah, I'm alright, thank you. What's been happening in the Miles Jupp cricket world this week in the miles jump cricket world uh i have been uh, mainly focusing on watching cricket there have been uh three t20 games mark yeah you've well you've been watching them as well what's um <laughs> yeah the lads have been hydrated though importantly <laughs> you want to the levels that they have been hydrated is off the scale do you are you when you have a run of games where for whatever reason you're not being used do you get very into the sort of hydration role i mean do you get i mean do you find yourself nervously on the balcony thinking well look i think he's looking a bit thirsty mm. quickly quickly someone pass me someone pass me a bottle of the high vis i'm doing this i'm doing this i'm going in yeah but body language is key if you see i mean first and foremost if you see a collapse that's code red if somebody passes clean out they off they often need a glass or something do they yes yes uh amber is of course you know slumped shoulders um looking a little bit you know at the sky they're a bit delirious don't know what's going on <laughs> and then green Code green is fully hydrated, so we want green as much as possible. That's what you want, of course. Those telltale signs, you know, if someone gets a stick out and starts looking like that, are they, oh, I think he's trying to divine water, isn't he? <laughs> Go on, Mark. Go on, put, put, put the bib on. You're, you're the difference between us winning and losing. Yeah, bib life. That's what we call it, bib life, 12th man, bib life. Have you ever been de- ever suffered from dehydration, Mark? I've had cramp before in Sri Lanka. That's the only place that I've managed to, because the humidity is so high there, my electrolytes and salt levels. This that's a, a true hydration twelfth man there. My electrolytes and salt levels were down and um I got a little bit of now for the science bit. <laughs> I got a bit of <laughs> Yeah, I got a bit of cramp in my calf and um yeah that's a, that's the literally that is the sweatiest place I've ever been. If you if you're not in good shape there, that is not the place you want to be as it as everything clings to you. I suffered from dehydration once, uh, Mark, while I was, um, and this might not seem tiring to you, but while I was acting, uh, I, I suffered from, I was in um, I was in Corfu, and there was a certain time of day, you normally got clouds for about first hour and a half of the filming day, but they, they were, the sky was clear that day, and I hadn't, um, hadn't been careful enough, and suddenly I just sort of realised I was going very slowly bonkers. I feel like this was like sort of, sort of X-Factor Greece you're about to go on the show and they have that sad bit before the the sing really well. Is, is this what this is? <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah, it's got that sort of um, that sort of vibe to it. Well, what's it? What's it? What's the song I was played? Fields of Fields of Gold. If if, if you were telling this story, we played Fields of Gold in the background. I think you, I think you could be potentially be an X Factor winner, future X Factor winner. <laughs> is this my sad backstory? I once got dehydrated. Yeah. And I had to. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> had to be driven back to my hotel and rest. Yeah, it was an unbelievably, unbelievably difficult time. So who's who's in a happy mood this week? Um, apart from Mark Wood, you're always you're always fairly level headed. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the guys, yeah, all good. I think um, it's been obviously it helps when you're winning, but um, we've had some pretty good milestones this week. Um, obviously, we've just won three nil. David Milan has become a phenomenal 2020 player. Seems like overnight, he's, he's in 19 games that he's played, 10 of them he's getting half century in, half centuries in. Um, Chris Gale was the second fastest, and it took him 25 games. Of course, Chris Gale calls himself the Universe Boss, <laughs> so I came up with the app nickname for David Milan, which is the Milky Way Boss. <laughs> so from now on. In our dressing room, David Milan is the the Milky Way boss. So he's been he's been in good spirits. Chris Jordan. Do you know what I think is the secret? Do you know what I think the secret to David Milan's run of form is? What's that? I think he looks very well hydrated. It, you know, you nearly took the words out of my mouth. The, the amount of mixed berry, maybe a mango and passion fruit, electrolytes, maybe you know, you just got to keep lads on their toes. You can't take these things for granted. That's right. You're just you're very sensible with it as well, and it's always proper sort of science-based drinks. Well, David Gower would have had uh, some sort of red, wouldn't he? And especially in South Africa, I'm sure he would have found something. Now, you told us on the last podcast, you said, I am going to tell you, or you, you said the other week, I'm going to tell you about the, uh, the angriest I ever got on a cricket field. Yeah, so um, we played for Durham in a warm-up four-day match. We were meant to play a UAE Invitational 11. We are bowling first. We have... I think four slips in a gully, a short leg, um, fine leg, um, mid-off, and a point is the field. Sorry, do I need to remember all of those, Mark? No, 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 they're not important. It's, it's a very attacking field, put it that way. All right, I was going to write them down. We're practising um, our four-day skills, so hitting line and length. This guy comes out, and my first over must have went for about 20. So he's tried to slog me, it's gone over the slips. Next ball, it's uh, an inside edge that goes through square leg for four. Uh, the next one is a full-blooded hack that goes through square leg, edge over the slips again, and I'm, of course, fuming. At the end of the over, I said, look, if we're going to play like this, I'm going to hit you in the head. It's as simple as that. <laughs> so at the start of the next over, first ball I pitch it up, he plays and misses with a, a mighty swing. It goes through the way to keep that. I sort of shrug my shoulders to myself and think, right, this is it. I'm going to hit him straight in the head. So I run in, next ball, I get it perfectly on target, dang, straight in the head, boom. Ball comes back to me. I look at this guy, and you know he's sort of like sort of smiling at me. So I thought, right, okay, if this if that's not sinking in, I'm doing it again. Next ball, fast again, straight on the money, bang, on his helmet again. This time he sort of like turns around, goes down for a minute, gets back up. As he gets back up, I say, right, are we going to play nice now? Of course, he obviously doesn't speak a word of Geordie, doesn't say anything. <laughs> and as I pitch the next ball up, thinking, well, if I pitch this at the stumps. I've hit him in the head twice. He's probably going to back away and, and try and slog it again or he might just like block it or give his wicket away because he'll not want me to bowl faster than him anymore. So I thought, right, just pitch it up, hit the stumps. So I've pitched it up. It's going right towards the middle stump and whack, straight over my head. I've like f- sort of flinched. <laughs> I've turned round and I've looked at him and he just went, go fetch that. And at that point, that is the angriest I've ever been on a cricket field. <laughs> I said to Paul Collingwood, right, round the wicket, man at leg slip, get him out, put him back. I was fuming. Collie's like, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is four-day practice. Keep the slips in. I must have bowled three of us for about 40, this guy. And then at the end of the game, at the end of the game, I go up to the, like, I've obviously calmed down at this point. I'm like, uh, what happened there? He was like, oh, sorry, I was a bit tired. I'd just come off night shift from the airport. He hadn't been asleep. And he'd whack me everywhere. I was like, oh, my God. I hope England aren't watching this. I'll never get a game again. When you're in that situation, though, are you, you know, threatening to hit someone in the head? Do you, do you want to hit them or do you want them to make a mistake? Like that sort of Douglas Jardine thing would have been, we don't want to hit them. We just, we want them to play missed shots to trying to avoid being hit no you want you want a certain level of aggressiveness where it is you're trying to then break it's not often the bouncer that gets the wicket it's maybe the ball after where they don't move their feet or you ball a good length and they, they follow the ball or something like that um a bouncer especially in modern day with all the equipment and stuff it's become a lot uh, bold a lot more i feel and for me it's a good wicket taking delivery because i'm quite short and i'm skiddy so if i can get the sort of line right 
um, it makes it people a difficult ball, and then I've got a, a good chance of getting them out. But on this occasion, of course, the I'm not even sure of his name, but the night shift worker at Emirates Airport decided that he was going to smash me that day. <laughs> I can't see you like being genuinely angry. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to fit. But I suppose it is part of that. It's almost like a little bit of extra kit that you've got to put on if they chuck you the ball. You're like, I've got to. I've got to look angry. I've never. Well, let's let's try it now. You you give your best description of my fastball and angry face now. Right. Uh, it looks. Um, I don't know if this is a sort of pixel issue with my laptop, but you look you look sort of just very, very baffled, Mark, to be honest. I'm trying I'm trying hard not to blink. Have you had your eyebrows threaded? <laughs> right, great. So I'm trying to look mean and menacing and you're saying have you had your eyebrows threaded? You look like you've just come back from a spa day or something. <laughs> you didn't look because that thing, Mark, I've got um, this cricket game on my son's PS4, and in one of the menu shots, that is, it's sort of while it's loading, it's 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 a, a sort of digital version of you in which you look genuinely, genuinely terrifying. I think, but that's some of your. And not as well groomed, obviously. I don't know. Well, you've just been using you've been using your, your time wise. You've been on a course or something. I don't know. <laughs> Rejuvenate. Have you got little bits of foam between your toes? No, no, I've I've been putting cucumber in my water. We, of course, we're talking about rehydration. I'm feeling very re- rejuvenated, oh. uh, <laughs> this young skin and, <laughs> and healthy. <laughs> but in answer to your question, yes, yes, Mark, you looked very frightening. Um, <laughs> I've I've attempted to be a fast bowler once in my life when I captained a side at school that was I didn't really seem to know anyone in it. It was like I don't know after exams or someone, and we was, I think it was the third eleven, and we hadn't really. We'd never played before as a team. I remember sort of assembling everyone to the outfit and said, right, um, is there anyone here a fast bowler? Nobody put their hands up. And then one boy said, I am, but I've got to go and get some injections uh, so I can't play. And he left. And I said, is anyone else bowl fast? And I'll put their hand up. I said, is anyone sort of medium fast? No. I said, is anyone, I don't know, a leg spin bowler? No. I said, does anyone bowl off spin? (laughs) And everyone put their hands up. (laughs) Um, so I ended up, I said, I'll do it, attempting to lead from the front. And I went and sort of marked out a run up and came right. It, it was absolutely exhausting, Mark. I don't know how you do it. No wonder you need to spend so much time on the physio's bench or <laughs> relaxing at the spa. So how, how did you mark your run up? Did you just, did you choose a random spot or did you run? Yeah, I like the old run back from the stumps and pretend to bowl and then that's it. I think it was all right. I think I bowled someone leg stump and I think I had someone else caught extra cover. Are those all right? Fast bowler wickets? Absolutely. Any wicket's a good wicket. I certainly wasn't standing there shouting, if you're going to play like that, I'm going to hit you in the head. <laughs> I don't care how little sleep you've had or what other personal circumstances <laughs> you're dealing with. I'm sure in his head he was thinking B5792 Dublin, now boarding as he was thrashing <laughs> the next one at the boundary. Carousel 7. I've got some questions for you, actually, Mark, because I recently underwent a traumatic experience, um, which was that I went on an episode of Mastermind... Um, Celebrity mastermind, they call it, but they're just sort of trying to massage our egos. And uh, I answered questions about an international cricketer. Uh, I don't want to give too much away because I don't know the transmission date yet. If you were suddenly being asked to go on mastermind, you know, like somebody dropped out or it was a sort of surprise, you know, you were ambushed by John Humphreys. Yeah. Uh, and you were suddenly said, right, you've got to pick a mastermind topic. What would, what would, you, what would you pick? If I had to pick a cricket, cricketing sort of person or something i'd probably go for stephen harmson just on the fact that obviously he was he's from the same hometown as me so i might get a couple of local questions right i'm glad you said steve harmson because it's him that i wrote questions down about oh it's as if he already knew can you imagine if we were in fast ball and tandem you at one and many other it would just happen things would just happen it would be it would be sort of walsh and ambrose wouldn't it it would be that kind of mm. it would just if if one of them was really good at cricket and one of them wasn't <laughs> But was just sort of really excited to be there. Um, <laughs> he's really keen, that guy. He ca- he cannot do it. He can't. He just can't do it. But he is. You know, he's he's sort of had some kind of value. Do you know what you'd get? You'd get what a trier. That's a, what a trier. <laughs> <laughs> he is determined to turn things around. He's already forty-one, uh, and <laughs> you might think his best years of cricket are behind him. But he he is determined to turn this round. Um, okay, Steve Harmison. What year did he make his England debut? Two thousand. I think. Uh, right in, if I'm wrong, I think it's two thousand and two. That's what I suspect. Uh, what? Uh, how many T20s, international T20s, did Stephen Harmison play for England? Oh, 
Now, sorry, is that your fast bowling face or your baffled face, Mark? <laughs> Zero. Oh, very close. By which I mean two out. Uh, it was. It was. It was two. Oh, I've watched. I've just watched the game recently where he played. I can't believe I've just said that. Uh, best test bowling figures for Harmo? Seven for twelve. Yes, very much Sabina so. Park. Amazing day. What is Steve Harmison's favourite sandwich? Uh, Duncan's hot beef. Duncan's hot beef. I haven't written anything down because I assume that your answer will be right, so I'm giving you a point for that. Okay. When Steve Harmison had that goatee and very short hair with that sort of straight fringe, what um, did my wife say that he looked like? <laughs> Where is this going, man? Uh, Steven Seagal? <laughs> 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 Steven Seagal I have to be honest he's not one of those people that comes up in conversation in our house terribly often even with his change of citizenship no uh, when Steve Harmison had that hair and that goatee my wife said quite rightly that he looked like an Elizabethan courtier oh I should have gotten that you know if you imagine surely you'd forgotten the Elizabethan courtier phase um, mm. well do you know what? I didn't write down all of the answers before I wrote the questions. I haven't even written down the ones you've got right while we were doing it. That nonetheless, I think you've coped admirably there with some extraordinary pressure. What age were you then when you met Steve Harmson? I used to obviously go at the little critical club. I was about eight or nine year old. Um, and Harmy would have been very much uh, there. Then he'd have been part of the probably Durham setup. Um, and he always used to come back to the local cricket club. So, you know, he used to come back to the club and anybody that could get any kit of Harmy was like, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Of course, Harmy is six foot five and probably a, a large XL clothing. And at the time I was five foot one, uh, about six stone straight through. And uh, <laughs> when I was nabbing his kit, I'm thinking, when am I ever going to wear this? What, what did you get like? Things like thigh pads often. Would you get like a set of trousers or something? You'd have to roll Well, Harmy famously was a guy that um, when he played famously for England... never wore trousers when he was at Ashington. Never wore them. <laughs> he didn't take his pads or anything when he went on tour. He borrowed Michael Vaughan's because they were both sponsored by Gunnar Moore. He, he famously took his... He just wore Michael Michael Vaughan's pads and he took his dartboard um, in, his, in his suitcase. But you're not just... They're not sort of kit people turning up all the time just throwing this stuff at you. Or was he, had he already given it all away at Ashington? No, he gave it away. I mean, you get so much stuff. I mean, I give back all my old shirts and stuff to Ashington and all my old training kit. The modern day player now will pack, like we've mentioned before, with Mario Kart and stuff, we, we pack computers, some lads pack dartboards, some lads, obviously they take all our golf kit. So it's it's not just like reams and reams of cricket clothes now. It's, you try and tour as if you've got plenty of things to do in your downtime as well. I'm thinking of a remote control car to Sri Lanka could be the way forward and it's starting real life Mario Kart. Never mind the computer. I want to get it through I want to get through the hotel lobby and, and, and through the corridors and have a real life Mario Kart. Oh of course you could or you could buy yourself a tricycle and a wig and um, be like the girl in the tricycle in the shining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the lads would appreciate that. But Just at slightly odd hours in the opposition's hotel. It's really it's, honestly I could not I cannot sleep. I saw this um, Slightly sort of skitty fast bowl on a tricycle in the middle of the night. Is your house full of kit then? My wife, Sarah, she, uh, the amount of times she said, Mark, that room's getting too clogged up now. And I have to go in and, and you know, get rid of some stuff. But um, it, it's nice to give it back to the local critic club. I mean, I really do enjoy still going back there and um, giving it to uh, sort of friends and family because, you know, they support you along the way. They have always been there for us. So it's nice to to give a bit back to them. And I remember how special it felt for me to um, get some stuff off Harmony, even though it was far too big. It was still special to get that. And I hope that it still feels the same for some of the kids up there. Have you? Did you get anything that he wore in 05? The, the greatest summer, the greatest summer there's ever been? Uh, there was an Admiral, I think it was supposed by Admiral, Admiral sort of training shirt that um, I wore. It's like <laughs> a nighttime nighty because it was that long. <laughs> If you'd put a sort of hat on with a bobble on it, would you have looked like Scrooge? Without a doubt. I think uh, it was like, you know, you know, when you see them kids going to, to Disneyland and they get the goofy hat yeah. and it's got the big ears. Well, his hat was that big that my ears were folded over. <laughs> uh, looked like a bit of a bit like a goofy hat, I guess. Have you ever had any international recognition kit? Uh, no, not, not a single thing. I used to collect autographs. 
when I was little. So I've got I've got quite full autograph books. I used to stand on Harleyford Road outside the Oval. So I've got I got Michael Atherton's signature, for instance, Mark. Uh, but I got surprised you got him. <laughs> well, he just happened to be passing. I thought, why not? Um, I got I've got Lara um, Ambrose. And by passing, do you mean out of his front garden gate where you were waiting there? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Someone it was it was uh, someone said, oh, they all they players all park at that that school there, so just stand there. That's the best place to get autographs. Um, uh, although some players at a school, there's a there's a school, Archbishop Tennyson School or something, and there's a car park there. All oh, right, and that's um, that's where you, you just don't want me to give away where you park on. If you want Mark Wood's signature <laughs> after a game at the Oval. <laughs> Um, Archbishop Tennyson's car park. That's what we need. Uh, but they, so lots of that sort of stuff. But I never, I never got the thought of getting some. Um, now that I know that you've got lots of merchandise kicking about, uh, Mark, I shall. Um, yeah, so we'll have to um, get in some uh, some New Balance kit. <coughs> new Balance number one. Make sure you buy it all brands across the country and then stores on will stores worldwide. I'd like a really good thigh pad for everyday wear. <laughs> 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 I would like to. I would like to go to the chip shop in really big bowling boots with the toes cut out. That's that's mm, stylish. And, uh, yeah, and a and a helmet. Um, now uh, we are going to have a little uh, advert break now, and then after the break, we are coming back uh, with today's uh, special guest. Do, do you want to tell people who the special guest is, Mark, or do you want to just give some clues? No, I think I think we'll tell them. I think we'll not leave them in suspense. Um, we've got a teammate of mine goes by the name of Joss. Okay, see if you can put the clues together, work out who it is. We'll uh, we'll be back after the break. We'd just like to take a moment to thank our sponsors who have helped make this podcast possible. Cricketers Gin is the perfect pairing for tonic, but also this podcast, as they also believe in creating something enjoyable around the sport we love. Cricketers is an exquisite local gin, a family business, and was inspired during a game of cricket on a sunny village green in Pinkney's, Berkshire. The founders decided that the quintessential British game, along with the wild botanicals growing in abundance nearby, deserved a bespoke artisan gin of its own. Cricketers is distilled to the highest London gin standards. All the ingredients are natural and added before distillation, ensuring it's the purest form of gin, and that Cricketers delivers a beautifully smooth juniper-forward gin. You can find this wonderful cricketing tipple at cricketersgin.com, and we thank them for their support. There is a special 10% discount if you use the code pod William Hill's safer gambling tools help you stay in control you can set deposit limits session reminders and take timeouts whenever you need them 18 plus please gamble responsibly William Hill it's who you play with that is an unforgettable hundred by Joss Butler just watch him at Lords just listen to them well, we're joined uh, this week by a guest, a very special guest. It is England's World Cup winning Joss Butler. Hello, Joss. Hi. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I hope I'm well. Uh, I've just been working in what I suspect to be a COVID hotspot. Uh, are you? Are you keeping safe? <laughs> yeah, we're all good. We're locked away in a in a bubble, so we're all fine. Thank you. You. Uh, I was watching you on the television. Yeah, great win. Um, no, nice to have a, a full strength squad and. Um, David Milan's been playing brilliantly well. He was excellent again last night and a comprehensive win to take the series 3-0. Yeah, well, you could sort of relax a bit, couldn't you? You could just sort of take the single, get you know, get him up the other end. Just a chance to lean on your back handle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's playing well. So um, just try and get down the other end and the best seat in the house. Now, how how is it, I have to ask, uh, you know him better than I do, sharing a dressing room or indeed any kind of geographical space with um, Mark Wood? Uh, it's interesting. Um, you have to <laughs> <laughs> that, the word "interesting" is quite a lot of heavy lifting there. I think. Yeah, he's um, no, it's good fun to have around the dressing room. Is full of full of character, um, matters of box to frogs, um, but uh, yeah, he keeps us all entertained. He's chief um, chief entertainer on a, on a trip like this. Miles, you do know that I'm sat here on this oh, conversation. Hello, Sorry, yes, no, I do, I do. Yeah. <laughs> It was just like that's a little bit of therapy. I was being too nice to him there. I mean, you must have said Joss Butler ten times there. Are you, are you excited that Joss is on here? Well, he is Joss Butler. In my defence, it's Joss Butler. You know, uh, I, I paid quite a lot of money for my ticket to the World Cup final, Mark. So I, it's it's almost like this is a sort of an extra that they've mm. they've thrown in. And actually, uh, I was at the final where you obviously you weren't just part of an iconic game, but the iconic moment of that 
game. But the other reason I feel that I know you, Joss, is because at the beginning, <laughs> at the beginning of lockdown, uh, I went, and it, it's a phase that is now long over. I went quite exercise crazy, and someone said, "Oh, you should do Pilates on Instagram." And so I feel like you're just um, someone else from my Pilates class, essentially. I was doing so. You and your wife, you were doing these these live Pilates things, and for someone like me who is. I think it's fair to say not an athlete. The sight of an elite athlete like you also being in pain at what was being uh, requested of us was one of the things that made it made it bearable. If I was doing it on my own, it hurt. I think I'm just wrong person. But to see you just go, ah 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 was that that's that's what made it accessible. I think. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, she's a tough taskmaster. My wife. She makes it didn't make it easy. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was good fun to get involved with that. It's, it's been great for her to. Um, no, we, we enjoyed doing it together. It's great that you got involved. Good man. Well, I, I kept it up for a while. I've, I've done Pilates before. It's never made me hurt like that. I must say, at the top of the top of the hammies, I was limping around where I live. Uh, but you're a better fast bowler now than ever, aren't you, Miles? You're strong in the core. Yeah. Well, since I lengthened my run-up, things have really come good for me, Mark. <laughs> I promise you, I am three formats. I know I am. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> Just Mark, Mark uh, talks in um, awed tones about your approach to training. He's the best. He's the best. Well, a toss-up between him and, and Stokes are easily the best trainers who I've had the pleasure of playing with. For those who don't know Joss, literally, the we do a 2K time trial, a sprint, a run two as fast as you can, but the run two doesn't stop at just one. You have to do six of them, to which Joss never drops off his speed. Uh, once he's uh, one of the fittest guys in the squad. He's always doing um, little bits in the gym, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's just doing weights. Um, and of course, a training in terms of cricket practice, he catches a million balls, hits a million balls, practices his shots. Have you ever seen market training, anything like that? <laughs> no, I never see him. He's always talking on the physio bed talking about podcasts. Uh, so, I usually <laughs> find um, so uh, uh, no, but um, that training's obviously a huge part of what we do. We, we train more than we play. Um, and I think for me, sort of a realization maybe two or three years ago um, that I probably wasn't training as hard as I could be to try and become the best player I I could be. I sort of had a one of those light bulb moments of um, I'm 27 now, you know, how am I going to reach my potential? And I've got so much more to, to give. And I actually had some really good conversations with Phil Scott, um, the S&C, um, and he was very honest with me saying, you know, you're a very good natural athlete, but you've not even tapped into half of what you, you could do if you train better. And I think one of the great things in our squad at the moment, we've got so many guys who train so well and that pushes us all on um, to train even harder. And it's quite um, inspiring. Like Woody said, when you see Stokesy doing his thing, or you know, Woody's one of the best as well, the, the discipline he shows in um, his gym work and et cetera to, to get himself um, ready to bowl 95 mile an hour rockets so um yeah so it's a great dressing room and, and squad to be a part of and we all push each other on i thought that was great when you know dom sibley he said he'd been away on tour and he was just watching everyone else train and that's that's the thing that made him think i've really got to sort of step up it's quite nice i think the idea that, that someone younger goes blimey look at these guys that i mean they're not just fit they're really fit and the fact that you can you can have an influence on other people's behavior yeah, definitely. It's a, I think it's a big responsibility of, of senior players, and I think it shows a good culture in the in the side. Um, I think fitness has certainly changed um, over the years of, of in cricket. You know, people you know, um, really trying to find that extra edge or whatever it is to try and push each other. And actually, it probably comes down to um, you know fitness being part of your in your contract now. So we're all just tight asses trying to earn a few extra quid. Um, uh, Well, I can tell you not everybody enjoys it from the senior players because everybody dreads being in Joss's running group. What's your 2K time trial, Joss? It's like six minutes 30 or something, isn't it, for two two kilometres? Yeah, that's my but but Zach Crawley's the man, and he creepy Crawley's the man to chase down. So he's uh, six minutes 30 mile. Unbelievable. I hate running with these lads. That's my best time for a single (laughs) kilometre, which at the time I was, I found again at the beginning of lockdown, if I was running to something like you know Paul Weller or something I'd be a little bit quicker uh, if I slowed down the music but when I got you know looked at the on the app and I had 6.30 to think that that is basically well basically I run a, a Joss Butler half kilometre that's how I'm going to start thinking of kilometres in terms of my speed but Woody, Woody you, how quick are you what's your two kilometre time oh mine's like 7.20 I'm not even close to Joss 
that's why that's why no one wants to run with him. It's like, he's like the guy at the front who you're just eating his dust as he's as he's running in front of you. I've seen Joss even after games where we're in hot countries like this, he'll still go in the gym. And it, I mean that's that's one aspect of training, but people forget the you know the heat and he's got all the kit on with his batting kit. Then he's got all the kit on with his weight keeping kit. You have to be it's not just about being in the gym. He does a lot of work on his on his technique and things like that as well. How many times have you have you actually faced Mark in a prop like in a proper game? I'm not sure I've ever played against Woody in a game. Can you unless I've got a bad memory? It's very hard from my hospital bed to be able to get up and bowl at Joss. I think people think that it's uh, that we've just never crossed paths by chance but it's it's very deliberate on my part whenever Durham are playing Lancashire in the 2020 I just make sure oh I've just my ankle's a little bit sore today I can't unfortunately I can't make it <laughs> uh, good luck though Joss uh, I'm sure you'll play well you play obviously a lot in the IPL big big money player without being vulgar how much is that is that giving to the rest of your game yeah a lot I think I'd say um, the IPL has been you know, one of the biggest influences of me as a person in my career um, there's so much information there there's so many great people to learn from um, you have to be disciplined with the way you learn I think I've, I've experienced how you know, sometimes you just listen to too much information and a bit confuse yourself so I've certainly improved my learning from that but also I think understanding the pressure of, of like you say playing as an overseas player and having a price tag on your name and, and sort of the pressures that brings um, playing in in India where expectation is huge the crowds are big um, and all those things sort of help you deal with the chaos I think that's when I look at the best players in the world and, and in the IPL and the Indian guys who have such huge followings you know some like Dhoni you know, how he just remains so calm around all the chaos that goes on around him oh Woody's obviously played with him at Chennai and would have seen it at even closer up you know just the razzmatazz that follows him around and, and just amazing to see how these guys just continue to do their craft, even though all that chaos goes on around them. What about the Big Bash League? Is that is that a bit more relaxing? Yeah, the Big Bash is a, is a bit more relaxing. Um, I've played for I've had a pretty nice setup there a couple of times. Played for Sydney and um, taken my family, and we've managed to just you know you're lying on Bondi Beach in the morning and you've got a game in the afternoon. It's um, that's a bit more relaxed. Do you do Pilates on a match day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I do sometimes. Yeah, I do. Um, and uh, yeah, in the IPL, just gone. So my wife came with me and we, she was filming every day. So I joined in doing it every day. And I think a few of the lads were giving me a bit of stick that um, I was doing my Pilates. Have you ever seen Mark Wood do Pilates? I have actually. We had, um, we had a, <laughs> in lockdown, we had an England cricket sort of quiz night but with a different what was it called like um you had to do challenges and like send in videos and one of the challenges was like do your best impression of of one of the other couples in the and um, woody and his missus were uh, taking the piss out of me and my missus and they were doing pilates and um so yeah having a dig at us but it was very funny was it you didn't you didn't get across no I, well i cried and then i got over it <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever Just, seen Joss um, angry, Miles? Uh, <laughs> I, I I love Joss getting angry because you've got this sort of um, sort of calm, gentle manner. I suppose in interviews, a sort of that, that thing where suddenly in a game where you lose it, I find that really exciting. If it's one of our obviously angry players, we don't need to name names. It's just very obvious who they are. When they get angry, like oh, they're just doing their thing. But I I love without wishing to offend you, I really like it when you when you get cross. <laughs> There's that great, is it Bangladesh where you absolutely lose it? Someone just gets needlessly in your face. But also being having a, having a go at Vernon Philander and stuff. I find that, to me, it's the equivalent, you know, if you're at a train station and you see someone in the distance losing it with a ticket machine and you can completely understand why they're angry. But it's so satisfying, I think, to watch watch someone else get cross like that. Is that the real you? Um, no, I think maybe it's to get a bit of red mist every now and again, but it takes a bit of time to get us. It comes a bit few and far between. It's, it's usually in the football warm-ups where I'd, I'd usually lose it. Um, so of football, I'd um, become sort of channel my inner Roy Keane and um, be charging around trying to um, win that. I hate losing the foot. It ruined my day. And in, in if we've had a game of football in the morning and uh, before training and my team lost, it'd take me good hour before I can even consider <laughs> going to practice cricket before I've called off. Is that is that actually the reason why it was banned? Mm, nah, nah. Just, just the reason, the reason it was banned was because basically, you know, for the ECB's point of view, if someone gets injured, it's too much for, you know, for them to, 
you're losing a you could lose a quality player um that could be sort of effects down the line where it, you know if it, if it was a lawsuit or something it could have been why why were you playing football in a cricket team uh, kind of thing but it was good for our mental state i'm not going to lie every day that was one main talking point that's what we did and actually joss was probably the first pick he was like the cool kid on the, on the yard where everybody wants joss is that first pick in the team <laughs> um he was like that sort of number 10 role he'd get forward he'd get back um who would you probably which player would you compare yourself to joss who, who would you say you were like i know who your favorite player is yeah if i was gonna if i was gonna really big myself up i'd say kevin de bruyne but I, if, yeah. I was gonna, <laughs> if i if i was gonna be honest i was more of a lee <laughs> I thought, without doubt, Josh is the best player. I, thought, I feel like, I mean, people have heard this before, but um, if any of us could have made it as a as a different sport, Josh would have made it as a, a footballer, definitely. First pick in the team. Big me up, Josh. Big me up. Too kind, mate. Too. W- w- Chris, yeah, Chris Wokes is the man, and then Mark Wood, um, you like Beckenbauer at the back. Just organisation. You've got to have the structure. Mourinho-esque. Yeah, great communicator. The thing that people don't know actually about me and Josh, so we, we have this good communication on the football field, but we also have a good communication on the on the cricket field as well. Um, so is it, well, ever since I've been a kid, if I got lost in the supermarket, um, we had the sort of family whistle, the wood whistle we called it, where it would be. And every time I'd be down the aisle, I'd kind of find my mum and dad, and then all of a sudden I'd know where they are. <laughs> and of course, Joss has picked up on this. So any time in the field now, if it's loud or a game, Joss will just wait as a wicketkeeper if I'm not concentrating. All I'll hear is, and then all of a sudden he'll point his wicketkeeping glove, move round, Woody. So Joss has picked up on the on the wood whistle, and uh, we've now got a good communication on the cricket field as well as the football field now. Is that the best way to sort of communicate with you generally, Mark? Or sort of through birdsong, I suppose. Yes, or or sort of humming, clapping, whistling, and any sort of um, other noise. One of those sort of duck whistles. Yeah, yeah, anything like that. I'm onto it. In the World Cup, Joss, a few things about it that I find extraordinary. One, just just the nature of it. But you you were associated with that sort of iconic image at the end, gathering a throw that wasn't, I mean, it wasn't right over the stumps, was it? You were left with a little bit to do. And that's left you now always in sporting history. But what what gave you most satisfaction? I think for for me, actually, when you really reflect on it now, um, I'd say... We turned. We'd lost a couple of games. We lost to Sri Lanka um, and Australia, um, and then we turned up to um, Edgbaston to play against India. Obviously, one of the strongest sides. Sort of knowing we had to win, you know, to keep our hopes alive. You know, suddenly we've gone from favourites and everyone expecting us to win the tournament to, you know, nearly being knocked out. Um, and we had a, a fantastic team meeting. Um, everyone spoke really honestly and open and it was great to hear how people were feeling some guys were still you know really confident I remember Jason Roy being like yeah it's four games to win four games to win the World Cup like unbelievable belief and then it was sort of me thinking god we're gonna go out how we let this happen you know everyone airing it um and then we we played against India the next day and, and Johnny Burstow and Jason Roy went out there and just absolutely smacked it everywhere um and and i now reflect on that as like you know we tried to play in a certain way for four years leading up to it and and in our you know moment of most pressure in a world cup you know sort of do or die game um these two guys just went out there and and just threw caution to the wind and completely took india apart and and i thought that was an amazing example of actually you know really living um sort of the things that we said we were going to do as a team you know those two guys actually really committing to a way we wanted to play even in sort of our time of most need um you know that was one of the best things about the whole world cup for me and that just as soon as those two guys had that partnership in that match it sort of just the rest of the four games you know just seemed to be yeah we're off we're, we're away again and i guess it gives you stuff to feed on say like the final like mark said the other day you know, not not a nice game in a number of ways. You know, a hard game, and it was sort of attritional and and kind of ner- nervy. I mean, the fact that things like that have gone on does that does that give you something to sort of feed off? Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I think, like you said, it was a bit of a strange, nervy game. Like New Zealand did, like take too many risks and sort of played their way to and. You know, it wasn't a straightforward wicket, um, which is you know, the biggest challenge for our side. Usually, you know, we play on 
been playing on great wickets and, and just trying to you know, outscore people. Um, so I think I think the time I got the most nervous was um, you know, when with Joe Root sort of had a massive swipe at Colin de Grandome and and I just it was so like out of character for <laughs> Joe and I, you know, he was the man I was just thinking this is just set up for Rooty 80 90 not out see us home and the, and Colin de Grandome was bowling this sort of unbelievable spell of swing bowling with a white ball which never and Rooty just had a massive slog at him and I suddenly thought oh my god like this is not going to be straightforward <laughs> at all once you get into the game like, with the bat you know, suddenly you have some control and, and Stokes he had been having an amazing tournament um, and we just talked about getting in a partnership together I knew he was a guy who was just wanted to be there at the end I wanted to be there at the end with him and so we just managed to sort of get a partnership going and get it on a roll and and there's actually a really cool moment again in the final where the, um, I think we, we ran like three twos in a row or something and, the, and we just sort of getting some momentum and the crowd started singing um it's coming home and um we were just in the middle together just sort of laughing and smiling just saying like how fun is this like this is unbelievable isn't it and then you know, i just want it to go on forever um and then suddenly we're like we hit gloves like oh yeah like concentrate again yeah, let's let's keep going here we're still in a world cup final but we had sort of a five second moment where we just actually sort of felt like we just took it all in and just like how cool is this like, um and that was again really special to have those moments in in and amongst such high pressure things going on your, your fuck it thing that you have on your back do you still write fuck it on all of your bats? Yeah, I do actually. Um, so I've been doing it for a long time, um, ever since I think like 20, 2011 or 2012, um, when I first did some work with a, the England psychologist, Mark Borden. Um, but it wasn't until... Um, How much does a psychologist get paid to tell people to write <laughs> fuck it on stuff? Yeah, it's high, it's high, uh, high intelligent stuff, isn't it? Um, you know, it seems the simplicity of it all. So you've got fuck it written on lots and lots of different flashcards. What does this one say, Joss? It says fuck it again. That's what it says. <laughs> I just wrote, use this on my back. <laughs> Hold this end. Yeah, other end. <laughs> yeah. I think 2018, a drinks break, one of the cameras picked it up on, on Sky, so that's when everyone got to know about it. But, um, yeah, I still do it. It's just if I look down and it's not on a bat, it just doesn't feel right for me now. <laughs> of course, it's. I mean, it is a phrase that can go a number of ways. You can use it as a motivational tool, but, of course, other times you can look at it and you say, no, oh, fuck it. Do you know what I mean? It's very... <laughs> You've got, you've got to be careful what mood you're in when you read it. What is your favourite Mark Wood moment ever, Josh Butler? Uh, easy answer. My favourite, well, easy answer in terms of, obviously we played in the World Cup together, but the best image is very similar to the run-out image is of Mark Wood taking the final wicket at Trent Bridge to um, win, the Ash- and win the Ashes there, um, bowling Nathan Lyon. And it's, again, one of those, I've, I've, my wife got it for me as a present, like the still of the of the the impact you see everyone celebrating and you can see everyone in the crowd there's um and i just remember that moment like running towards woody just the like realization of, of what he'd done and he'd just taken the wicket to win england the ashes um was, that was easily my my favorite woody moment because you in that vantage point we were talking on another episode about that thing when you take a catch you're the first person to know that you've got it or if you hit a six you're the first person that knows that it's definitely travelling there. If you're if you're wicket keeping, presumably you've got the best view. There'll be moments when people are, you know, if it's a sort of all a bit of a scramble at a tight moment, you you will know before anyone else that someone's out. Yeah, that's, I think it's one of the best bits about wicket keeping. You've just got such a great view for um, to see what's going on. Obviously, sometimes you forget you keep wicket. You're like, oh god, I've got to concentrate because you've just got a great view. Um, you know, to watch guys like Jimmy, you know, the way he can swing the ball and set batsmen up. You know, when you're stood at point you know it looks amazing but you can't quite see what's going on whereas a wicket keeper you've just got the best view um you know to, and then guys like Joffre and Woody you, know, you get that realization of just how far back you are stood and how fast they are bowling um is awesome so that's one of my favorite bits about wicket keeping is I've, you just got the best seat in the house to watch these guys um do their thing who do you stand further back for Mark or Joffre don't tell him but Joffre <laughs> I am still here, lads. Still here. That's between you, me, and the gatepost, Joss. That is yeah, not not the sort of remark we broadcast. Only because only is taller. Yeah. Uh, look, don't cling it back now. They've said it now. That's it. I'm in the hoof. Right. End this interview. Right. Come on, Miles. Let's, let's solve it. So I've had enough now. That's it. Say later. Perhaps you just need to make your run up longer again, Mark. It's just you've just got to find <laughs> just got to find a couple of miles now. Just you should just say fuck it at the end of your run up and bowl it faster. <laughs> 
It should be written on all your kit. Josh Butler, really nice to meet you. Thank you uh, very much, and uh, best of luck to any close associates of yours who teach Pilates. Cheers, Josh. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks. Well, that was good uh, having Josh on there, Miles. Obviously, um, someone who I've been closer to. Uh, the thing that we missed out was you didn't ask me what my favourite Josh moment was. I know you asked him what oh, his favourite Mark Wood bit was. That, that's given me an idea, Mark. Um, what is your favourite, would you say? I've got this written <laughs> down here. Uh, what, yeah. what is your favourite uh, Josh Butler moment? Well, my favourite Josh moment would be, I can think of two knocks in particular. Um, one, both against our arch rivals Australia. One, at Old Trafford, which I think is pretty famous, um, where he kept the strike at the very end and whacks off the winning runs, peels off 100 at the same time, wins the game, and we win the series. You know, when you go into the last game and you think, oh, it could be 4-1, it's still an amazing achievement to really, you know, beat Australia and beat them 5-0 is a huge plus for an England cricketer. And the way he played that day when we were in major trouble um, was Literally phenomenal. I remember Marcus Stoinis bowled the ball and Tim Payne brought all of the field in and said, well, go on then. We're going to make sure that Jake Ball, who was at the other end, we're going to make sure Jake Ball's on strike and we're going to try and get him out. We needed about 15 to win and Josh just whacked him for six and said, right, if you're going to play this game, bring the field up. I don't care what you're going to do. I'll back Jake Ball. And he whacked Stoinis for six over the top. And Josh has this thing where when he whacks it over the top, he just looks down. So he smacks it, knows it's gone, scratches his mark. And then uh, that's that's a done and dusted. Thank you very much. The other rather famous Josh moment was also against Australia away in Sydney. Another fantastic hundred. And I remember looking at their lads like Cummins, and these are superstar cricketers. And you could just see that even they were like, "Wow, how well did he did he hit the ball there?" Um, and we sang the the Josh Butler song as he came in the dressing room. Um, not not uh, not overly complicated, Miles. Jose, 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 but la, la. So, mate, it's not winning any awards, but I tell you what, room full of lads, excited about 100, it really, <laughs> it really works. really works, let me tell you that. Does, does Josh Butler like the Josh Butler song? Of course he does. Of course he does. That's why, that's why he gets them hundreds. It's not because he's trying to help the team. He just wants the lads <laughs> to sing the song in the dressing room. Because just just the music, the way it sort of speaks to him. Oh, I tell you, I tell you, the other famous Joss one was um, it, Sheldon Cockrell does the salute, doesn't he? The celebration where he he does the army salute. Oh yeah, he just getting Owen Morgan out. I think Sheldon Cockrell and we were literally three hundred and forty for three, or something ridiculous in the fortieth over. Like we literally, I mean, I can't believe he celebrated like that when we're literally whacking the ball everywhere, and. Um, <laughs> Joss the next ball that he bowls, whacks about the ground. Shelley Cockrell looks at him and he just gives him the little salute, <laughs> just a little wave to say, look, don't you worry about us. And I remember just saying the very next ball, he said, I've never wanted to just block a ball as much of my life to make sure he doesn't get me out the next ball. Um, but yeah, they're my top Joss moments. He's had, he's had plenty, don't get us wrong, the World Cup and stuff, but for special moments with Joss, they were, they were excellent. Well, he does. He just is an extraordinary player, isn't he? In terms of the sort of multi-dimensionality of what he does, I find him very inspirational. Actually, I think he's inspiring to young cricketers. How many kids nowadays want to scoop fast ball and they want to try these shots? I mean, and I really feel like that's kind of down to Joss. I've got five children, and they've written "fuck it" on everything. And you scoop them all. Yeah, <laughs> you scoop them all. <laughs> The walls of our house are covered, <laughs> covered with rude words written. I, I, I'm fairly sure it's the children. He, I mean, he's very calm, isn't he? He seems very calm. I know I talked about his ang- the anger thing, but I suppose there just there must be such a steeliness inside there that isn't just isn't. It's just very well hidden, isn't it? But maybe you see it when he's playing football and going absolutely bonkers if he loses. Yeah, well, he has got a bit of. Um, he gets the old red eye, so his pupils. Um, go a bit bigger he's got PS and blue eyes they're very prominent when he's the rest of his eyes go very red with anger but you know all in all I think he's got a bit of perspective on life I think that's something that him and Morgan do really well I've had Joss as a captain as well and Morgan hasn't played a very calm and very level the only time I've really seen Joss really worked up was the World Cup final when he got out um, and he threw his kit and he was banging the physio bed and he's never like that he's never ever like that so I find him a very inspiring character, a very level character, and one that's got perspective on, he sees bigger things in life, and I think that helps him have that calmness and that inner steel that, you know, 
comes across to the natural or, or the normal person watching. But to us, he's, he's, uh, he's very much one of the lads. I think he always takes the positive option. So we might need 20 to win off 20 balls. So you think, right, just knock it around. Like, we, we should knock it off if we play sensible. But Joss will always take, although it's smart cricket, it's not, this isn't reckless cricket, it's smart. But he always takes the positive option. Um, and I think that sort of epitomises Morgie's team and, you know, the way we've played the last few years. Joss has certainly been a front runner for that where, you know, he'll take it on. And if, if you're off as a bowler, and, and this is speaking, I'm speaking honestly here, as a bowler, if I know I'm bowling Joss and he's in and he's going really well, it must be so hard to bowl at because he can hit it all around the ground. And if you're off, he's going he's gonna to smack it. But I'm really pleased we've had him on um, because uh, hopefully people can see, you know, he's not just a quiet lad. He's one of the lads. And although he is calm and stuff, he's got a great side of him. Is, is there something that you'd like to ask of our listeners today? I'd like to la- ask, um, obviously, having Joss on and we'll talk about what, what he had at the top of his bat. Within sort of PC reason, I'd like to ask what you'd have on your back. You can't have your, your Asda shopping list or um, anything like that. I want to know a genuine thing that you'd write on your bat or something that you've kept, you know, a piece of paper you might keep in your bag or something you tell yourself at the top of your mark. Something that's kind of talismanic. Your equivalent of Steve Waugh. Remember Steve Waugh had that little bit of red cloth that would stick out of his, yep. Yep. his pocket. So I want to know what, what do you write on your back? What do you keep in your bag? Um, I've, I've got a, a, a match ball. Um, that I keep my ba- my bag to remind me um, of when I did well, um, and that's my sort of thing. Joss obviously writes that in his back. Other people have other things. What what is yours at home? Let me and Miles know, and uh, we'll read the best ones out. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on email. Middle please at hotmail dot com or lowercase right thank you very much indeed for uh, listening to middle please umpire with me miles chup and uh, mark wood uh, we're going to be back next week for another episode uh, please subscribe and review these help us uh, to grow thank you very much indeed to our sponsor cricketers jim uh, thank you very much for listening goodbye oh should be taken and is taken Brilliant from Mark Wood, what a spell this has been. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.